Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Blackhawk 720. Came to the left circle, pulls up, hole, fires, he scores! Number 400 for Patrick Kane! Take the Blackhawks to go. Blackhawk 720, your insider key to the Hawks. Kane over the Stars line with an empty net. He shoots, he scores! An empty net goal, and that will put it away. It's time for Blackhawk 720, the only Hawks podcast worth listening to. Now, here's Chris Bowden and Joe Brand, podcast royalty. It's Nashville week. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a fresh edition of the Blackhawk 720 podcast. I'm Chris Bowden, your pre- and post-game host on 720 WGN. For all Blackhawks games, joined, as always, by our usual Blackhawks reporter, now, again, wearer of all hats, both here at WGN, everywhere, UIC, you name it. Joe Brand joining us, and uh, Joe, this uh, Nashville week has not gotten off to a good start. Nashville week has begun kind of like the Blackhawks versus Nashville year has gone. No, not just year. Let's go back to 2017, the 2017 playoffs. It has been a repeat of that, even though they did some good things on the uh, the opener of the series on Monday night. Boy, you, you take away two minutes from that game. Unfortunately, the two minutes do count. But if you take away two minutes in which the Blackhawks gave up a total of the four goals, things would look a whole lot nicer. Unfortunately, that's not the way it works. Yeah, for most Chicagoans, Nashville week probably sounds like a grand old time. Maybe uh, a bachelor party or just a vacation. You know, a real good time down in Nashville, Tennessee. But uh, unfortunately for the Blackhawks this year, and like you said, kind of the, the recent a couple of years for the Hawks, it's it's been a rough place to play, and it's been a rough team. They just completely have their number, especially this season. But but you're right. I mean, there's there's things to pull out positively from that game, but we're too far into the season where little things positively to pull from games doesn't do much, especially when now you've got two teams that you're chasing for that playoff spot. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, there were just a couple of, of freak minutes that, that really were detrimental to the Hawks and in, in coming out on top in that game. And, um, you know, it's it's starting to get to the point now where rebounding is totally necessary, and if they're unable to do so, you just keep digging yourself deeper and deeper into that hole of missing the playoffs. I mean, the good news is the next game is more important, and then after that, that next game is more important, so I guess that's a one positive to pull for Blackhawks fans moving forward. Well, they force themselves to make it, uh, make it important with uh, their result in that game on Monday night, and as we take a look at it now, uh, first resetting the big picture, uh, Nashville sitting in fourth place at 51 points. Dallas has now leapfrogged the Blackhawks into fifth place at 48. They also have a couple of games in hand as well, and they have three more games in a row against the Detroit Red Wings, who have been playing better. The Hawks learned that firsthand uh, when they went to uh, Motown last week. But the Blackhawks sitting at 47 points once again, and they have dropped to now 0-4-2 against Nashville this season, scoring all of eight goals in those six games. And since that 2017 first-round playoff series, over 22 games, the Blackhawks are 5-13-4, scoring a total of 38 goals in those 22 games. And the beat went on uh, Monday night. They managed just two goals. The good part of it was is their goal was not to be hemmed in their own zone, not to be clogged up in the neutral zone as much as they have 
historically been this season against Nashville, and you could probably take that even back to the last couple of seasons. They did spend uh, their share of time uh, in Nashville's defensive zone, uh, putting some pressure on UC Saros, unlike that we, unlike anything that we have seen in the first five games this season. So from that standpoint, it was certainly uh, encouraging, but from the other standpoint, you just go back to those uh, two sequences, the one uh, early in the second period when uh, Nashville ends up scoring uh, after a 1-1 tie. The power play goal by Alex Dabrinkit. Nashville ends up scoring a couple of goals in a 51-second span. And then after the Blackhawks fought to within 3-2 and really looked good in the latter stages of the second period, uh, some bad luck for Connor Murphy turns into the 4-2 goal. And that was uh, just a matter of seconds into the third period. Then 18 seconds after that, uh, Duncan Keith blows a tire. Uh, it was not the best of games for a future Hall of Fame defenseman. Um, and everyone's bound to have those games. But then just like that in the blink of an eye, as you know, even though the Blackhawks played a much better overall game against Nashville, the mistakes really are what cost them. And Nashville has become a very... Uh, you know, advantageous team to to jump on those mistakes, especially when it comes to facing the Blackhawks. I'm wondering if if we can tweak the helmet rule. What what can be changed? What can be tweaked in that setting? Uh, I understand it doesn't happen that often, and uh, you know, I understand the reasoning for it too. And I, I don't want to get into the argument. Well, yeah, back in the day, nobody was wearing helmets, so how how horribly. Um, dangerous could it be for a player to not have a helmet for quite some time but i think connor murphy's definitely got a point i mean why why does the player who loses his helmet not for his own fault need to be the one that leaves the play and that, that's a direct result in why a goal was scored right in that instance so i don't know how you fix it i mean do you, do you tweak the rule to where okay yeah you have to go and get a new helmet when the opportunity prevents it presents itself rather than just leaving right then and there i mean it's it's just unfortunate that that's how it felt for the black the Duncan Keith situation then is just, you know, kind of uh, getting kicked while you're already down. Um, I, I heard, you know, Troy Murray break it down in the post game too that Duncan Keith probably missed a spot there anyway. Um, so these mistakes that keep happening continue to be the reason why the Hawks are exposed and losing these games. And a lot of that goes with, I think, the youth on this team. But, you know, when a guy like Duncan Keith is, is, uh, having that mistake that that results in a goal then you know it's really tough for that entire team to work around that and I, I think you know Nashville does a good job of of slowing down some of the the star players like Kane and Debrinket. I know Debrinket was able to score um, I, I know it was on the power play but but you're kind of seeing that now when Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinket don't contribute on the score sheet that's when this team can't win. So, you know, before it was all these young players doing what they could, stepping up, overperforming, and now basically the core that has carried this team for so long, and I know it's been depleted this year, um, haven't been able to perform at their full potential, and, and that's kind, kind of what's hurting now, and again, exposing the youth of this team at the moment. The helmet rule is a new one uh, so far this year. You will hear Connor Murphy talk about that in, in detail a little bit later on here on the podcast, and we also have to bring up the fact that 
For the third time in five games, the Blackhawks were faced due to an injury of playing five defensemen for most of the game. And uh, the second time it happened real early, uh, one Columbus game, Adam Boquist went out after less than a minute of ice time on his second shift. This time, Wyatt Kalanick goes off on his second shift. And, you know, uh, that kind of messes up the whole structure and order of things. And that certainly could uh, be a factor in some of the miscommunication, you know, some of the mistakes that were made there, not to make excuses. And Connor Murphy, you know, definitely doesn't want that, nor does any other Blackhawks player. So we'll hear from Connor a little bit later as well as Jeremy Carlton. But first, let's hear from Alex Dabrinkit, whose goal in the first period on the power play uh, brought the Blackhawks back into a one-all tie. A nice shot in the arm for the power play going up against a penalty kill that had been about 90%. Uh, and among the best in the league since about the midway point of March. But Alex was uh, one frustrated character afterwards. You can tell uh, all he knows is frustration against the National Predators because his first season was the one following that 2017 spring playoff loss in the first round. And, you know, he he has experienced all this frustration against Nashville firsthand since he entered the league. So uh, here you'll talk about, hear him uh, talk post game on Monday night about, uh, you know, constantly playing catch up against Nashville. We'll provide some of the details as far as that's concerned uh, once we hear from Alex here. Also, you know, getting into and spending more time in the offensive zone, as we discussed. But he first talks here about uh, just a, a brutal way to lose this game, even though they played better overall against Nashville. Just two gut-punching sequences, one in the second, one in the third period, as we've been detailing. Here's Alex Dabrinkit after Monday's game. You know, we have a few breakdowns, you know, about two minutes of poor hockey, and um, they score four goals. So um, we got to be better, come back to play. Um, we got some home games coming up, so um, we need to capitalize there. I don't think you guys have led it all in the last five games against these guys. Uh, how difficult is it that not getting that first goal, it just feels like you guys are playing catch up in these games? Yeah, but it's, you know, we, we've done it before. We've come back in games. Um, you know, it's not the biggest uh, problem, I think, when we let up two or three. And and then we're, um, you know, digging ourselves out of a hole. One goal is not too bad, but um, once we have a two or three goal deficit it's uh pretty tough to come back from talking about those you know two minutes of poor hockey leading to four goals you feel like you guys just took a breath those two times or, or what do you think led to that i don't know um obviously third period probably not ready um to go you know that's that's a time where we need to have the puck in their zone we need to be forcing um we're down one goal going to the third we need to have a good first shift and second shift obviously as well um yeah, we just we just can't let that happen. Offensively, you talked this morning about trying to you know play a little bit more in the offensive zone, maybe from behind the net rather than trying to do everything in transition. Do you feel like you guys made some improvement against Nashville in, in that regard? Yeah, I think we had a lot of good zone time um, trying to get pucks to the net. I think they blocked a lot of shots, but um, we got to find a way to get it through. Um, you know, we had one, you know, that was just, you know, keep hammering away and, um, you know, it eventually went in. So I think we got to get more goals like that, uh, more bodies to the net and, um, you know, put in our chances. couple things from a, a, a disappointed cat. 
And Plankton was probably disappointed, too. Probably. After, the, after yeah. that 5-2 loss as he well. He wasn't too happy. By the way, we are recording from our WGN studios, not in the uh, podcasts, Pilsen podcast pad Great today. to be here, by the way. Yes. Uh, coming right off of that new shift, <laughs> Mr. Wearer of All Hats. Alex saying, uh, you know, and maybe this was just stream of consciousness, consciousness, not being ready to go to start the third period. And in this type of game, uh, you know, he, he may be just be describing it in a nutshell because – as we've been looking a little bit deeper into the way that third period started, um, you know, obviously they give up two big goals, but the circumstances under which it began was helmet gate, which we were just talking about with Connor Murphy and how that opened things up for the first goal. And then Duncan Keith losing an edge to, to set up the second goal. So whether it's not ready to start, the, there, there's no excuse in this situation not to be ready to start the third. And uh, I, I would think that just came out of Alex's mouth, uh, you know, psychologically and emotionally, they're ready to go, especially after pretty much carrying play the latter half of that second period and getting back into it, making a 3-2 on uh David Camps, hallelujah, first goal uh, of the season since uh, last March. Um, but uh, even though he said that, I, I tend to believe, I, I can't believe that they, they weren't ready to go to start the third period. They just had one bad domino fall in the opening seconds, and then right after that, another domino fell on top of them as well. So I, I would hope that's kind of the circumstances that actually happened rather than what Alex had to say about not being ready. Well, the other thing he said, we had a few breakdowns, about two minutes of poor hockey and they score four goals. We've got to do better. I mean, yeah, this team is just in no position where they can be you know, caught with their pants down. If they make a mistake, the other team's going to pounce on it. I mean, every game remaining in the regular season is against a team above the Blackhawks in the standings right now. And those teams are going to want to put the Blackhawks down further than where they already are are and especially a team like Nashville that I feel like always has a chip on their shoulder when they play the Hawks and clearly that's kind of the case going on this season but um, again this is this is just not a team that can that can slip up at any certain time uh, you mentioned you know working with five defensemen obviously that's that's a big point in the game uh, the Brandon Hagel situation is just real unfortunate because he always seems to provide a quite the spark plug for this team and you know who knows what what type of energy he can bring I don't know if it's going to sway the entire game but but still it changes things. So, yeah, there are some things out of their control, but there are a lot of things in their control, too. And I think because of how well this team was playing earlier in the year, they realize what they are capable of. And when they don't hit that level, they feel very guilty about where they're at. And I think that's what's what's happening right now. Well, and, and here's the other thing about Nashville um, and the Blackhawks matching up against them. Since the first game of the season between these two teams, Back on January 26th, it was also at Bridgestone Arena. The Blackhawks took a two to one lead in the third period, into the third period of that game. And, uh, since that Nashville would then go tie it up and, and then eventually win in overtime. Since Nashville tied that game up and eventually won in overtime, the Blackhawks have either been tied or trailing the Predators in every game since, including Mondays. You wonder how they'd be able to handle, you know, taking a one nothing or a two nothing lead and, and see if, you know, uh, that may play a little bit better into their hands. We just don't know right now because that was a Matthias Yanmark. Remember Matthias Yanmark? Wow, he yeah. scored the go ahead goal in the second period of that first meeting this season to give them a two one lead. And ever since then, Nashville ends up tying it and taking the lead. And 
this is a bad team for the Blackhawks to remain tied with or to try and play catch up against. And, you know, they showed some positive signs there in the second period when Camp scored and they started carrying play a little bit more down in Nashville's offensive end. But I think that that's kind of that's kind of a stamp, a bookmark of of how difficult it is for the Blackhawks to beat this team because once it almost seems like Mount Everest. Once once they score one goal, you know, as soon as Matt Duchesne had that tip in six and a half minutes into Monday night's game, you're thinking, oh boy, here we go again. Right. Good on the Blackhawks for tying it up, and then uh, boom, then they get uh, socked in the gut uh, right there early in the second period too. Yeah, I mean, when when you just break it down with those numbers, it, it just goes to show how much Nashville has the Blackhawks number this year. I mean. Oh, four and two against the very same team with hardly, I mean, let alone a, a lead. It just seems like the goal that they always need is never quite there. It kind of seemed to be getting there uh, on Tuesday or Monday's game, but they could just never quite get over that hump. I think Colleton for saying for us to win these games, we've got to be at we've got to be at close to our top level. That's a great challenge for us, and we want to rise to it. I think for a lot of the game, we were very very good. Ultimately, the mistakes that we made are tough to recover from. And again, it just it just goes down to when this team is exposed with their flaws, it's tough for them to come back. And I still think you are seeing this youth kind of being ex- exposed. And now all of a sudden, it's it's almost like the Blackhawks are the little brother against Nashville, just in this season series, at least, with uh, having, having such a difficult time of getting past it. But um, again, this team has showed that they can work under the right mechanics and, and follow the same lead, and everybody can pitch in. And right now, that's not happening, and the clock is ticking on whether or not it's going to happen in time or not. It almost seems like for all the years during the, the cup runs when the Blackhawks would uh, find a way to leapfrog over Nashville in those early playoff series and you know have the upper hand, and that now the tables have kind of reversed right now. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, these things do happen in cycles, and right now the Blackhawks uh, just finding a difficult time figuring out uh, Nashville's uh, Nashville's number. They have two games, of course, here at the United Center Wednesday and Friday to figure out. We said we were going to hear from Connor Murphy, and let's do that right now. Again, a brief clip, just like it was with Alex Dabrinkit talking post-game. We didn't do every necessary Q&A that he was faced with here, but uh, here Connor talks about those small margins for air versus good teams, especially for the Blackhawks, against this Nashville team with the way it's been rolling since early mid-March. Also goes into further detail about the challenge of playing only five defensemen for virtually the entire game. Again, the third time in five games that has happened here to the Blackhawks. But he starts out here, again, lamenting being kind of a victim of rulebook circumstance as uh, Tanner Janot, uh the Nashville forward, had him along the boards, kind of uh, uh, you know rubbed him against the helmet up high, and the helmet started coming out, and Janot didn't have any problem completing the effort of having that helmet rip off of Connor's head, and it was really too far away for him to go pick up and retrieve. He was forced to go to the bench, and as a result, Janot goes to the front of the net. Uh, other teammates are unaware that Connor's gone, and it results in the goal that made it 4-2. to two. Here's Connor Murphy. Yeah, it's really frustrating. I don't really like that rule um, that you have to leave the just take yourself out of the play from something that obviously you're not knocking your own helmet off. Um, you get in a battle, and sometimes their guy's gonna gonna try to flush his arm around your head, and it's gonna slip your helmet off. So uh, that guy ends up getting a free um, free pass to the net to score, and uh, it's just frustrating. I got to get some clarity on that and how much I can stay in it, and maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's worth taking a penalty and keep playing because I think it's it's crazy to have to let a guy go to the net and score. 
uh, Dabrinkit said that uh, you know, about four four bad minutes of hockey and some defensive breakdowns kind of uh, got this one. Is, is it tough when the, the margin of error feels so small against these guys? Yeah, I think in intense games against good teams, that's what it's going to be. Um, margin of error small. The same stuff was against uh, a little bit against Tampa and Florida when we played on the road. Um, I think just teams this time of year, if you're going to play uh, for a playoff spot, you have to be sharp uh, for longer periods of the game. That, um, yeah, like Cass said, it well, we weren't sharp uh, for, for uh, long enough. How much does it affect you guys to lose Wyatt that early in a game and have to go with just five defensemen? It changes just because you don't have a pair that you stick with for the game. Uh, you're playing with everyone, and everyone's playing both sides. I think the tough uh, – Part is that we don't have any other uh, right shots, so guys, uh, it's it's a lot of credit to to Z uh, Z Stilly Honor and, and Dunks for being able to play both sides of the ice and have one shift where uh, you're on the left and one shift you're on the right, and and uh, same thing on the penalty kill doing both sides. It's not easy um, to be able to do that, so I think it just it makes a different. Uh, a different impact on pairings and uh, guys having to play kind of different positions and trying to get comfort and uh, and keep momentum in a game when you're you're being put around different places. We definitely have guys that um, can play minutes and and uh, all of those guys at men that we had tonight are good players and um, yeah we would never use that as an excuse. So that's Connor Murphy, always uh, very uh, eloquent in, in what he has to say, but. Uh, Kind of a frusted, grumpy number five, playing extra minutes with another defenseman down, and then uh, again being a victim of the circumstances of, of the rule book. And uh, you can't really blame him for that frustration, especially when you're scratching and clawing, giving everything you can, and then uh, just when you're within one, all of a sudden uh, the the gap uh, widens very quickly on something that uh, he really didn't have any control over, and he was trying to be the good soldier, getting back to the bench and follow the rule book, but. You know, I was talking with Troy in the post game show afterwards a little bit about maybe you just take a chance, go for it, you know, uh, and 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 take a penalty if if the referees do notice it. I'm sure they would notice it, and just roll the dice on that because it's been a Nashville power play that's been struggling since they don't have Forsberg, since they don't have Tolvin, and I think they're over over the last six or seven games. And the Blackhawks penalty kill has been doing a much better job lately. Well, I tell you what, if you're able to think about all that. On all those scenarios in real time in that situation, <laughs> in a and you, millisecond, and you, and you come out with that result. That's that's fantastic on you. I don't know. I think you got to be a very wise veteran in in order to uh, to concentrate on all of that. But I think his response saying, you know, is it worth it to take the penalty? More, you know, more plausible right there. That explains the entire rule right there, and kind of. Kind of just how, I don't want to say outrageous, but I don't know, can't we? All right, in the 10 minutes it's been since we originally brought it up, can we tweak it to if your helmet gets dislodged because of a player on the opposing team, Mm -hmm. then... Uh, you know, you can either keep playing or, or go for your helmet on the ice or something. I mean, it just it just seems a little. It, it, it's like there's nothing the player can do to help themselves in that situation. Maybe you know, continue the play next time out. You go take a look at it, right? You know, and, and find out if it was the opposing player. But uh, yeah, I guess I, we're you pay- could say it was all a game. It, it was all in the name of player safety. You know, and and, and we're, we're we're picking nits here. And if it were the shoe was on the other foot, <laughs> we definitely love the rule. Don't love the result again. The Blackhawks lose five two Monday night in the opener of this uh, three game series, really three game playoff series for all intents and purposes. Uh, Jeremy Carlton certainly saw some positives. In the end, he was left frustrated when he met the media afterwards. And uh, here you hear the head coach talking about you know uh, giving uh, uh, you know giving everything that they, getting everything they earned late in the second period period 
in order to get back into the game to start the third. The wear and tear on the blue line once Wyatt Kalanuck went out with that uh, hip injury. And uh, how his team uh, did more of what they wanted to do differently versus Nashville. They did it a whole lot better, but in the end, it still wasn't good enough on Monday night. You know, for us to win these games, we got to be at close to our top level. It's a big challenge for us. That's a great challenge for us. And uh, we want to rise to it. I, I think for a lot of the game, um, we were very good. Ultimately, uh, the mistakes that, that we made are um, tough to recover from. It's just tough to to come back uh, when you put yourself in a hole. So we definitely showed what it should look like to, to give ourselves a chance to beat that team. And, and we're going to need to bring that next time out. It's still, it's still there for us. Obviously, we, we know we probably need two of these three. Now we gotta got to respond. Again, a lot of it was good. we got to capture that. But uh, ultimately, can't give them what we give. How frustrating were those two goals in the third period where Connor loses his helmet and then Duncan blows a tire? I don't really know what they could have done in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought we were playing well. Um, you know, obviously, to go down... 3-1 was was tough, uh, but then we battled back, and I thought we controlled a lot of that second period and easily could have tied it and uh, want to recapture that momentum. And, and uh, you know, on the first shift, I mean, I don't think he lost his helmet. He got his helmet knocked off. Um, and uh, I think the guys on the left side of the ice didn't know it. And uh, so, yeah, that was well, two goals give him up the way we did was obviously a tough blow considering how we played for uh, up to that point and then I think even after that we we had a lot of the play we certainly had our chances any update on Wyatt and how difficult was that losing him so early and just having to go 5d the whole game yeah it just seems to be a constant thing here where we're playing a lot of games with uh, with 5d and it's hard it's hard on our guys because it is it's uh, it's a tough level and and uh, big games, they're intense, they're physical. And uh, so I don't uh, have a, I don't know the timeline, but obviously he couldn't come back. With so many left-handed defensemen, does that make it difficult too where guys that probably who aren't as comfortable playing on their offside were having to play there with wide out? Yeah, I mean, we've dealt with it all year. We're having, having left-handed guys playing the right. Um, you know, it's it's not an excuse. We, you know, ultimately we got to, find a way to to solve it what do you think went wrong in that uh and that sequence that they gave them the two in the second period we, we i just you had talked about the two in the third so i was just sort of talking yeah I, I don't really want to go through goal by goal i think ultimately um we got to be sharper and uh they made us pay when we we made some mental mistakes do you feel like the offensive strategy maybe showed a little bit of improvement compared to the previous games against nashville uh, well, I think we did a better job of sustaining zone time in the offensive zone. Uh, we, we certainly had our chances. I thought we created more off the rush uh, in, in tonight's game than we did uh, certainly the last three. But uh, I, think, I think a lot of guys were good. Um, still need a couple more to sustain it for the full 60. So if Monday and this week was going to be a fork in the road, Joe, Wednesday, uh, the fork is starting to split a little bit wider and you really got to take the right route or trying to find, find a way to take the right route. It's just so difficult and frustrating and challenging for this Blackhawks team against this Nashville team. And, uh, hey, 
Score the first goal. Score the first two goals. Roll the dice. See if that can happen. Easier said than done, <laughs> but I'm just uh, curious as to uh, how that could potentially play out because they certainly uh, haven't experienced that uh, only one time as we detailed a little bit earlier here on the podcast so far this season. And uh, it's uh, it's really getting down to cutting time here for, for the Blackhawks in these two games because after uh, these two at the United Center this week, uh, it's down to eight games. The Blackhawks will have three consecutive days off. They have the weekend and then on Monday off before Tampa Bay comes in for one on Tuesday. And then uh, Joel and his uh, Florida Panthers come in for games uh, next Thursday and Saturday to wrap up what will be a five-game homestand. It was a three-and-two road trip in normal time as you would take that. Uh, in this case, uh, it's uh, not enough for what the Blackhawks certainly needed, especially with what they needed on Monday night. Yeah, how many times have we sat down talking on the podcast, oh, this upcoming week is going to be very big for this team, and it could tell whether or not they make the playoffs. I mean, now it is getting to the point that even if you do win these games, you still need some things to happen. So as of right now, as of today, every game coming up for the Blackhawks is very important, and you know, each game is going to be more important. And, and you're asking for help, too, from other Exactly, teams too. exactly. So so really what it comes down to is, you know, you might be looking at every upcoming game as a must-win in order for them to make the playoffs, and any kind of falter just really hits you down the slope. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that it's gotten to this point, but it's still a possibility. It, it is. And, um, you know, the, I, you can't really say the term they're in control of their own destiny, but they are playing the teams that they need to get in front of. Obviously, you know, they're not going to pass Florida or Tampa Bay or Carolina, but um, hey, if they're if they're able to take care of some business, maybe figure some things out, now's the time to do it. And if all those stars align, look at that. You're playing some of your best hockey right in the playoff season, but, uh, you know, definitely still a lot to be figured out until then. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's just the way it is in any sport. There are certain teams that some have difficulty against. There are certain teams that, that, that you don't. Case in point, for uh, Carolina is to Nashville. The Preds have yet to beat Carolina this season, as Nashville is to the Blackhawks, because uh, you know Nashville went in there thirteen, uh, one, winning thirteen of sixteen, and sure enough, Carolina beats them twice before the, they have this three-game series against the Blackhawks. So uh, they know what it feels like, and they probably take a certain amount of pleasure in kind of turning the tables on the Blackhawks here, having the upper hand, especially with how these standings are playing out. And uh, you know, who knows? You hope the Blackhawks can find a way to uh, win these two games, remain in the hunt. But uh, they got a Dallas team that's uh, that's uh, roaring from behind as well and has overtaken the Blackhawks as we record here on a Tuesday afternoon. So that's a wrap for this edition of the Blackhawks 720 podcast. We want to uh, thank our producer, Curtis Koch, as well as all the technical assistants from Brett Jackson today, as well as Ernie Scatton, the voice of the Blackhawks 720 podcast. Thank you all as well for listening, and we will come back at you next Monday. It'll be uh, at the end of a three-day break after these two games against Nashville and before the Blackhawks get set to face Tampa once and Florida twice to wind up this homestand. And we encourage you, as always, to subscribe. That way the podcast will be right there waiting for you when it comes out. Otherwise, keep tabs on WGNRadio.com. And on our Twitter feeds, I'm at Bowden Tweets. Joe is at at Joe underscore Brand One. Again, the Blackhawks looking to get back into this thing and try to figure out a way to defeat Nashville and... uh, We'll have our final answer, I guess, when we come at you in our next podcast next Monday. Have yourself a great week, everyone. Help up there! The Hawks win the Stanley Thanks for listening to the Blackhawks 720 Podcast. Tell a friend, subscribe, and join the conversation. And follow the guys on Twitter at 
Boating Tweets, and at Joe underscore brand one. That was great.